doesn't care. Namath is selling something. Of course he is. This is the Super Bowl, the game he made, that highest Sabbath in the American religion, the annual consecration of corporate culture, an event that celebrates 30-second spots as sagas and bookmakers as theologians. The Super Bowl evokes a star-spangled yin and yang, all those equal but opposing forces that create a primetime culture. Coke and Pepsi, Miller and Bud, McDonald's and Burger King, Disney and Fox, Bloods and Crips, AFC and NFC. Only two things you can do here at the Super Bowl. You're buying or you're selling. The sports writer understands his end of the transaction. He's purchasing another piece of the guarantee. Thirty years have passed since the Jets were 18-point underdogs to the Baltimore Colts. Namath was high on scotch when he promised a Jets victory. I guarantee it. For a generation raised on canned laughter, the guarantee qualifies as a kind of performance art. He was live. He was alive. He was bigger news than the astronauts returning from the moon. At least that's how they make it sound today. In fact, the guarantee didn't even make the New York papers, not until after the game. But hey, what do you want from sports writers? Now they come around like pilgrims. Each year they become more devout. They all want to know about the good old days. They must have been good, a time before clogged arteries and enlarged prostates, before secondhand smoke, before pills to keep you happy and hard. Broadway Joe was the coolest kid in America, an object of affection for girls and gangsters, a source of bafflement for bookmakers everywhere. What bookies saw as a seven-to-one long shot, jets over the Colts, Joe saw a sure thing. Fuck the points, he told the bartender. Take the odds. Such a gifted hustler. He made debonair comedy of most likelihoods. He walked off with Jagger's girls. He spilled drinks on Sinatra. He grinned his way through it all. The Raiders broke his face, and he caught a flight to Vegas, came back the next week and set a single-season passing record. Namath had a concussion when he hit Maynard in the AFL championship game. He was still drunk when he threw three touchdowns against the Patriots in 66. He had a joint in his hand when the squad car showed up on 2nd Avenue. The cops could be heard over the loudspeaker. That him? Nah, can't be. They drove off. Another sure thing. But that's not the stuff for a family newspaper. It's better to just play along with these writers and their need for nostalgia. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. That's what he usually says. Not today, though. No goosebumps today. I get a special feeling when I'm here, he says quite unconvincingly. His tone is glum, but it's the best he can do. Not even the sports writer believes him. The sports writer leaves feeling deceived but this regret won't last long. He'll give his editor what he wants, what the readers want, what everybody wants, the guarantee and the good old days. It's Super Bowl week. It's all good, and it's all on the house, everything from the quotes to the beer to the lap dances. 
but what about Joe Namath? He survived fame and drink and orthopedic ruin. He became a husband and a father. The standard bearer for booze and broads had become an apostle of family values, even as the first baby boomer president was hustling blowjobs down the hall from the Oval Office. Salvation through fatherhood, that's what Joe Namath had come to believe in. That's all he believed in. The rest was bullshit. Try explaining that to a sports writer. But now Broadway Joe needs a drink. His wife has left him, ran off with a plastic surgeon from Beverly Hills. So what's he supposed to say? Should he tell the guy there are no guarantees? Why ruin everything? Oh, he wants a drink. A vodka, a beer. So what's the spread on this one?